0: about the future of human capital management. Hassan Green, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from New York. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about the future of human capital management. What a fun topic. And I'm just super excited to be exploring this together with you today. You have a great background and great expertise that you bring to the table for this conversation. As we get started, I wanted to share Hassan's bio with everybody. Hassan Green is a full stack HR practitioner and human capital management specialist. He founded Humint Labs. Uh, human capital management practice to partner with VC and PE firms to provide human capital expertise to their firms and portfolio companies. And as I said, today, we're going to be talking about the future of human capital management. Uh, Anything you would like to add by way of your background, your personal or professional context before we dive on into the topic?
1: You pretty well covered it. Um, I would just say, you know, At Human Labs, we partner with uh, firms at the pre-investment M&A and pre-IPO stages to provide decision-making and decision-makers with expertise, tools, education to understand, manage, and report on their human capital.
0: Now, let's talk about the future of human capital. Uh, Now, certainly, if we look back in time before we start looking forward, we can see huge shifts over the past several decades you know, from personal personnel management into the various kind of iterations of HR um, and this this, uh, people management, human capital management is now kind of the more common terminology. Where have you seen things come in recent years and where do you see things going, say, in the next five to 10 years with human capital management?
1: The HR of old, you know, it was a cost center um, focused on lowering payroll, benefits, costs, and mitigating labor-related risks. Uh, And we have come a long way, such that the HR of today, it's a purveyor of talent, um, focused on attracting and retaining great talent. Um, But we still have a ways to go. Um, In the future, uh, HR will be an asset manager focused on understanding and optimizing for how talent creates value both for themselves and for the organization. this is, you know, the result of uh, a couple of things. So, uh, first off, an evolution of perspectives uh, that has informed both uh, legal requirements in the public sector, uh, but also in the private sector, you know, more and more investors are uh, beginning to realize the value of HR and people data. Um, and so in order for, you um, you know, this idea that in order for HR to be taken seriously, we need to bring the data. Um, And we've been enabled to do just that with the advancements in HR tech and work tech, such that these technologies have produced uh, more and more HR and people data. And so here we are at a uh, moment in time where we either need to uh, take up the challenge, um, or be left behind by competitors who will.
0: Yeah. And I guess that gets into kind of this idea of, well, why should we care about this? Why is it important? Um, and you know, to put it succinctly, it's because you will not be relevant (laughs) in the marketplace if you don't lean into these changes and actually try to be on the forefront of the, of these evolutions, right? so it's really interesting to me as i see organizations kind of being dragged kicking and screaming towards the new world of work and the, the new way of thinking about hr and talent and employee experience and all of these related topics and issues uh, because you know they they still see hr as kind of the hr of old of 20 30 years ago and they don't see it as this new people analytics driven hub space to drive high performance in the organization to enhance you know not only the ability to attract and retain great talent but then to have cross functional teams and collaborative teams that can innovate and iterate and bring value to the market uh, that that is something that i think the last few years of the pandemic have demonstrated for a lot of organizations, they you know f- for many organizations for the first time, you know they're they're really able to wake up to this idea that oh my goodness, HR is not just a cost center; it is a, a, a critical strategic driver of business success. And uh, we'll see how it continue, you know, how people to continue to lean into that and to adapt towards that reality uh, versus how much people drag their feet and, and kind of get left behind. Um, so for those companies that are less likely to adopt these changes, um, I mean, what, what do you think, you know, in terms of the next five years, how long will it take for them to fade into irrelevance and just become obsolete versus, you know, how much are they going to be pressured and and just, you know, end up doing it, just kind of doing it behind the eight ball.
1: Yeah. And You know, that's just that they have that choice. Um, They can own it and uh, take up the charge, or they can do it by way of of, um, being required to, right? So we have the SEC, who recently came out and uh, started to require all U.S. publicly traded companies to uh, report on their human capital. Um, And some are just starting to. Um, You know, the few uh, front runners, if you will, um, are starting to do that. But it's still a very um, uh, gray area in terms of what's required and what the structure is for how that is to be reported. And the leaders in the space are really going to to make that difference and uh, determine really what gets reported and how it gets reported. Um, And just touching on something you said previously as it relates to the importance of, of, you know, why we're doing this. Um, In addition to, you know, this new uh, world of work that we live in, um, there is this idea that human capital is the only appreciating asset in business. And by that, I mean, all other assets depreciate over time while human capital, if valued properly and invested in, appreciates over time, right? Um, in addition, human capital is the only capital that directly impacts all other capitals, so natural, manufactured, intellectual, financial. Um, and we have some statistics to, to further uh, support the need for uh, me- measuring and managing human capital, um, but to those who, who are lagging, I would say it really doesn't behoove you. It doesn't benefit you um, insofar as, you know, human capital management at its center, um, it's, it's, as you mentioned, it's a performance driver, right? The two biggest drivers of performance are technology by way of and AI and people, right, by way of labor um and you're not doing your company any uh or stakeholders any favors by not adopting human capital management right you'll be less competitive you'll deliver lower returns than you would if you did adopt it in addition you're not doing your talent any favors because human capital management recognizes and rewards top performers and by not adopting human capital management you're really enabling low performance to flourish inside your company and so i think you know, if you're looking for a time horizon with the SEC requirements, it's probably, um, you know, three to five years before companies really start to feel the, the pressure and, and in some cases uh, fines from not reporting uh, their human capital and managing it accordingly.
0: Yeah, that's all super important. And one thing you were talking about that I think is worth reiterating is the investment piece into human capital. Um, It is an appreciating value, as you mentioned, but even if it wasn't, I mean, how much time, money, effort do we put into investing into and reinvesting into the maintenance and upkeep of other forms of capital? Uh, right? That's just something we all accept as necessary part of doing business. And so, if, you know, when we talk about planned equipment property, of course, we're going to invest in the upkeep and the maintenance and the quality checks on those types of assets and capital. Um, you know, I worked years and years ago, decades ago, I, I was working in a factory and those big press machines, you know, these are multimillion dollar ginormous press machines. And guess what? They cost a lot of money, and so they made darn sure that they had regular maintenance, that they had regular upkeep. and when when there were new um, technologies that came out that were related to these big press machines, they would invest in those new technologies and integrate them into those those big that big machinery. Of course they would because it was a huge investment. Um, and so it's a little bit, it's always been mind-boggling to me that organizations seem so willing to invest into these other forms of capital and assets that they have and often, you know, really are Less inclined to invest into their people, especially considering their people are the ones that bring value to the market. They're the ones that provide the products and services that interface with the customers. They're the ones where you know their their skills and their their competencies and capabilities will only increase through that investment into them. So their value increases over time. Um, it, it seems like a no-brainer, yet you still have. You know people of different kind of backgrounds and persuasions that still see it as a cost center and still see it as something that's just um you know a bottomless pit of money and and so it's often one of the first budgets that gets slashed in an economic downturn unfortunately
1: yeah that's so true and the reason that it's one of the first uh budgets to get slashed is because they're not measuring it properly right they don't have the tools in place they don't have the models in place to truly understand the impact that human capital has on value creation for the business. Um, Just a couple of statistics to throw out there. Uh, So as it relates to investing in our people, right? So you can invest in the health of your people, you can invest in training, you can invest in engagement. Um, So there's been a number of studies, for example, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Commissioned a study that found a forty-seven percent return on investment in health and well-being initiatives. Rand Corp, Johnson and Johnson, same thing. Um, anywhere between two hundred and seventy-one percent return on investment to upwards of five hundred percent return on investment in health. Then you get into training, where MIT and Accenture, respectively, performed studies that found a return on investment of anywhere between two fifty and three hundred and fifty uh, percent return on investment in training engagements. Another one. Gallup performed a study that found a return on investment in engagement. So um, rewards, recognitions, things of that nature um, in your workforce, decreased absenteeism by 41%, increased, uh, uh, sorry, decreased turnover by 24% or more. And then um, most importantly, increased productivity, sales and profits by as much as 20% or more. So the data is there uh, for those who are measuring it. Right. And so that's what I'm getting at with the importance of human capital management being the future of HR in that it really needs to sit uh, as a center of HR and drive the other services such that you use that data to inform your decisions uh, around how to treat your workers, how to invest in them in order to realize the greatest, uh, value for your dollar.
0: Yeah. And those ROI numbers are insane, right? (laughs) You know, usually if we see numbers like that, it's a complete no brainer. Of course you would invest, um, into those types of programs, those types of initiatives. And yet, you know, there's, you know, still some some lag. So I think we're getting there, it's going to take a little bit more time for some organizations, and other organizations are fully leaning into this and embracing it and and ramping up their efforts in the human capital management space and and leveraging and utilizing people analytics to greater extent to make Really data driven uh, decisions that can help them to be successful. Uh, so we've d- I think we've done a good job of laying out you know the importance of this, um and and how you know the current environment's a little bit different than the past environment. What does this mean in the in the day to day lived experience of the average employee? you know in an org- say say a young worker who doesn't know any different they come out of you know high school college whatever they they have their first job they're they're new to the labor market um and now they're in corporate america or whatever um what would they expect to see as kind of the norm in terms of employee experience and implications for employees from this new human capital management perspective versus perhaps what we saw when we were young in our careers or maybe the generation before us even
1: yeah, I think the most important part—it's going to require um, your, you know, technology IT team coming together with HR to create a seamless experience, right? So we experienced this this dedicated, clunky uh, processes and systems um, that you know provided a minimum uh, sort of viable experience around um, getting the most out of its people and supporting its people. Uh, And the future is gonna require much more um, seamless uh, interaction with technology. So I don't think new talent coming in is going to be inconvenienced. I believe that the technology that's gonna be required for uh, uh, achieving this vision is one that, really is built into the flow of work such that it's measuring um, contribution, it's measuring uh, various uh, reviews and ratings and things in the flow of work as work is being performed, whether it's a a project or something else. Uh, And then that data is collected and uh, modeled and provided back to the talent to say, hey, listen, this is where you are. This is uh, how we are uh, looking at you as an individual and your contribution. This is what we're looking for. This is how you can help us close that gap. Um, And so it's a much more seamless, much more thoughtful uh, experience that includes the individual. As opposed to happening to the individual, and by that I mean, as individuals, we have the ability to affect what our value is. Right. So, uh, McKinsey did a lot of work on uh, this, insofar as they studied the value that talent—you know, the skills, knowledge, abilities that make up talent—bring to bear on work and how that translates to individual human capital. And they outlined how you can increase your individual human capital by taking on new experiences, learning new skills, uh, moving to a new job, and in the process, increasing your skill and increasing your value. So this isn't something that's happening to talent, to workers. This is something that's happening for workers such that they are no longer being managed according to screen grabs and uh, keystrokes and surveillance, but rather what they actually contribute, right? What their actual work product is, which is what we've been saying we wanted for a long time now, particularly in this new world of work where the workforce is distributed and, and you know, remote.
0: Yeah. And the crazy thing is I still I talk to so many people about these types of issues. And I still hear today about companies that are doing screen screen capturing keys. Uh, stroke monitoring and like all of that because they feel especially with distributed teams they feel like they have to in order to keep control over their teams and to know what's really happening and i just you know i just scratch my head i'm like oh my gosh i you just don't even get it do you um we should be so much beyond that and like you said it should be about what do you produce i don't care uh if if someone's more productive because they're able to like fiddle with something on the side, uh, while they're contemplating something or because, you know, they take breaks at different points in time during the day, or they, they, if people just are different and they work different. And so to be monitoring every second of every day of what people do is, is silly. I mean, it's a waste of resources. Um, and you know, let's think more in terms of performance management and, uh, helping our people to achieve their potential rather than treating them like kids and trying to control them and monitor everything they do. It's just a bizarre thing um, that unfortunately still exists uh, in the world today, and we need to get past it. Um, And you're absolutely right. All of these changes that we've been talking about, these are not um, to make it harder for employees. It's for employees. It's to make their experience better. You know, when I have students coming out of the university, um, out of my classes, uh, entering the workforce, you know, I say I, you, this should be a better workplace environment for you today than it was for me when I started, you know, 20 plus years ago. Uh, it should be. Now, it won't always be, depending on where you go. And there's always roulette, you know, leadership roulette. You never know what you're going to get. Um, but more organizations get it now than they used to, and there's just generally better practices. And we're using data better than we ever had before. Uh, in order to make these sorts of positive changes. Um, all right. So let's, in a, in our remaining uh, little bit of time, let's talk about what you see coming, um, you know, say in the next 10 years, because we've seen a lot of changes in the recent years. Uh, but I think the pace of and rate of change has only increased. What do you see as some of the big changes coming down the pipeline?
1: Yeah. So I think the biggest one is, and this is where human labs really operates and thrives. And that is. Uh, shaping how companies are valued and invested in, right? So we talked about the individual contributor, but then the ability to, to measure and manage uh, the impact of human capital on value creation, what that means for companies as a whole and for investors is such that investors and employees, the talent, they can... Uh, or they will eventually be able to look at a company's portfolio and see human capital data represented uh, just as financial capital data is represented today. And they can make decisions on where they want to put their money, where they want to spend their time, You know, in the case of talent, who they want to work for, based on how those companies are measured and valued from a human capital perspective and they will be able to look at and dig into just as they can now in the financial, uh, on the financial side of it, they'll be able to dig into the human capital side and say, Hey, these companies are, are, you know, not doing right by their workers. They're not demonstrating any uh, real investment in their people, which sends the message that they don't value their people. Right. And so, I believe the future five ten years from now, it's going to look very much like uh, the way companies are are viewed today through this you know idea of of portfolio management, um, where you are investing in and trading on companies, but according to the human capital as much as their financial capital.
0: Yeah, super interesting. Uh Hassan, it's been a real pleasure talking with you. I know we've just scratched the surface. There's a whole lot of other things we could explore together, but we're going to leave it there for now today. Before we wrap things up, though, I wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: Yeah, thank you for, again. Thank you for having me. Um, you can find me on Twitter, uh Hassan Green. I'm also on LinkedIn, and my LinkedIn has all my contact information if you want to reach out. Um Happy to talk to to you about human capital management and how we can increase the value for your people and for your company. Um, And I would just say, don't wait, you know, start today. uh, Start by looking at how your HR function is structured and think about how you can uh, leverage human capital management to drive better outcomes And for individuals, for talent, uh, same thing. Start today. Invest in your health. Seek out learning opportunities that are going to help you increase your your value. Uh, Understand that your decisions, your actions uh, today are either a credit or debit to your future self and your future value.
0: Wonderful. Hassan, it's been a real pleasure. I encourage my audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what you and your team can do for them. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support.